This is Doyle Wolfgang von Frankenstein of Doyle, and you're listening to Iron City Rocks. This is Danny Blue from Echo Black. You're listening to Iron City Rocks. Hey, this is Jerry Only of the Misfits, and you're listening to Iron City Rocks in Pittsburgh. Happy Halloween. <laughs> All right, Pittsburgh! You are the best! You got the best! Hello and welcome to episode 287 of the Iron City Rocks podcast. I'm your host, Sean, coming from the Iron City of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Starting off this episode, we have an interview with the legendary Jerry Only from the Misfits. The Misfits will be playing the Palace Theater in Greensburg on October 28th, celebrating the release of the Static Age album. Jerry talked to us about this classic album, as well as a few other things we can expect from the show. I do have to apologize in advance, because when I was talking to Jerry, he was on his cell phone and at times had some spotty reception. So, without any further ado, here is Jerry Only. Show. All right, ladies and gentlemen, with me on the phone, I have the legendary Jerry Only from the Misfits. How are you doing today, Jerry? No, I'm hanging in there, my brother. How are you? I'm doing fine. Thanks for asking. Thanks for taking the time to talk to us. Um, you guys currently out on tour um, with the TuneIn Worldwide Tour. You guys are revisiting the Static Age album. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about how the tour is going? Uh, yeah, it's going extremely well. Uh, we're doing uh, between 40 and 50 songs a night. Uh, we we uh, opened up with Static Age album, which uh, was written in 1977 and recorded in 1978. Uh, it had some uh, real classic tracks on there, uh, Hybrid Moments, uh, which uh, Tony Hawk used in his uh, video games. Uh, it has uh, Attitude, which was covered by Gunner. And we'll have to start the night with at the end of the night. So, uh, you know, it was a very influential album. Uh, a lot of people don't realize. Uh, you know, I was 17 when we together. I was still in high school. So uh, it took eight years for it to be found due to a company really understanding who the Misfits were. So I come out and set some, uh, some ground for a lot of fans to follow. Right, yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's an influential album, like you said, uh, you know, a lot of popular songs, Last Caress and all that, you know. Um, can you talk a little bit about, um, you know, you guys have been 40 years almost, and you guys have influenced lots of bands. Um, what that means to you in, in looking back over your career and, and the highlights? Well, you know, uh, when I was in high school, uh, you know, my it was an actual in the band I really did like music mm-hmm. and I saw uh, David Bowie's show back in the day and it was very theatrical just before I was a freshman and it really stuck in my mind you could be involved in music but at the same time being involved in theater and imagery and the whole you know the whole media thing together and uh, when I started the band back in 77 I was uh, playing ball and uh, you know getting a degree in something, whether it be business or, or something else like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just 
I had a machine. I was working with my dad, and uh, we. Uh, and I said, did you know I, I did you know, I do have a family business? I walk into. I want to take a job at this. So I left school, and uh, I wound up, you know, starting the band. And uh, you know, the thing is, it's 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 a tough business because you know a lot of things come and go in the business. Uh, you know, you it's all the we can have pop and the big stars and they come and stuff. Uh, but this uh, wound up being something a lot more than that. Right. Being something that's really, really good for And, uh, you know, we're going into our 40th year, actually our fifth generation of kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have, you know, people who show up with their daughters and their, and their grandchildren. Yeah. And uh, so it's, uh, it's a very interesting thing. And the music is um, uh, based on 1950s rock and roll, which is really the essence of rock and roll. <laughs> and it's, uh, you know, it's a lot faster and it's, uh, you know, it's very melodic. And I think that that's what really keeps the music uh, relative. I think, that, you know, if you listen to that, for those of you who've never had the Static Age album, I think if you throw it on and you listen, uh, you're going to realize that it is, as it was back in the day because we were able to uh, lock in and things like that and force an image that you know if you look every year for example uh, you know you have your your Jurassic Park your uh, you know, I think that uh, Star Wars is probably going to break every record yes. that's ever been filmed. Uh, you know, uh, you know, we do toys and stuff like that as well. Sold more Star Wars toys, Star Wars lines than any of every other thing they've ever done. So, uh, I think that science fiction and horror and basically your imagination is the essence of the human race. I think that we, we've tapped into that. I mean, you know, we, we have a, a very uh, uh, image that comes across, uh, not in an evil way, but in a, in a sci-fi kind of way. And uh, that's why, you know, I think it's accessible. I think you know, parents can bring their kids down. And, and it's a positive energy vibe. You know, we were in, um, last night we were up in Rochester, and there was a you know, very good man at the end of the night. We signed all the stars for our fans at the end of the night. And, uh, he came up and said, hey, you know, you just kept me alive. He said, you know, I was going through a bad time. And mm-hmm. I'm back. He just inspired me to work out and to, uh, you know, make my, straighten my life out. And I think that, uh, you know, that's the kind of influence that we have on people. I think that's the most thing I was growing up, uh, the New York scene, you know, when I first met the CBGBs, and it was shit dope. I mean, it was nothing but a bunch of junkies. And uh, if you look at the music scene today, uh, everybody's lifting weights. So, right. <laughs> yeah, I, think, uh, I, I, I think in a lot of ways, uh, we had a lot to do with that. I think that we came in there and we were hard, ferocious. We had, we had an image that was, you know, surpassed everybody. And uh, iconic images that are still today. If you go out into a different concerts, probably going to see more missile shirts than anybody else's. Uh, but we were lifting weights. I mean, we were a bunch of kids who built. And right. we weren't a bunch of kids who sat in uh, singles bars drinking all night and then shooting dope. So, I mean, it, 
it came down to, uh, you know, different philosophies. I think the misfits really changed that. I think that's probably the unwritten law that uh, people will look back on, you know, hey, the misfits really took music and took it out of the gutter and put it in the game. You know, so, uh, you know that's, uh, that, that's really one thing that I'm proud of. Our music and influence the music person, uh, you know, uh, as artists, I think. Uh, the influence we've had on the American youth is far greater of a reward uh, to what you know uh, what, what we would be able to hang up as a trophy one day. Right, right. Now you mentioned uh, you know a generational thing. You know you get people bringing their kids and whatnot. Um, your son recently joined the band um, playing guitar. Can you talk about what that means to you? Yeah. Well, I tell you what. Uh, I had my son uh, right after. The band had broken up the first time when Glenn was in the band. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I quit. And, uh, we were working in the machine shop and we were planning a big move. We we were down in, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the Patterson here. He was kind of, it's kind of like I guess you know, Pittsburgh area, which is like all tons of factories. And, mm-hmm. you know, things are, things are a bit rough and stuff like that. So my dad was like, hey, you know, I found this really nice place where I'm going to, you know, t- uh, have a go horse and I want to build a factory there. So my dad in 1984 put together a really, really big machine shop. Uh, we, we call it the monster, the monster factory. You now that's where we build our gear and stuff. So, uh, you know, we be innovative and, uh, create our own unique instruments and props and stuff like that and right. jackets and all that kind of stuff. So anyway, so, uh, you know, what happened with my son uh, was uh, he was a little boy. He was like 10 years old, and he, you know, he always uh, was into with all the other things. And then I brought the box at home when we had a uh, uh, straight up with Glenn, and we were going to release the catalog on Caroline. I had the box set spread all over my table, mm-hmm. and he jumped up on the table, and he started working on it with me, and, I guess he kind of really connected with it. So uh, when he got out of high school, uh, he went to college for about two years because I told him, I said, look, you can do it. You know, if you want to be, you know, and really, you know, the thing I always regretted was that I didn't go to college and get my degree because you know, your college years are something to really build new active person and your character. Mm-hmm. Sure, yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. And, yeah, and uh, so what happened was he said, well, I really want to be a sound engineer. So I said, okay, well, let's look into him. So he went to uh, a school, which is very famous, called Full Sail. Actually, they run, I think, the NXT uh, wrestling out of there. You know, they, they do broadcast and stuff like that. So he went down to uh, Florida for about a year and came back and was an incredible sound man. So he wound up working for the band for the last 10 years. Right. And he was he was our front of house guy. He was our stage manager. He was our tour manager. Uh, he handled everything. And... Uh, you know, I was really proud of him because I said to myself, man, you know, normally it takes three guys to do this job. And he was just like, look, you got me spread out all over the place. I don't know if I'm going to last. Um, and at the same time, he he started a band when he was 14. Mm-hmm. And uh, they had played with us a couple of places here and there. And uh, uh, what it was about a week or so. Hello? Hello? Sorry, you cut out completely there. <laughs> Yeah, we're yeah we're we're in West Virginia. The recession is kind of crap. Yeah. So um, okay. So anyway, so so what happened was that uh, 
uh, you know, uh, he, he stepped up into the game and, and uh, we're, we're doing really well. You know, my vision was to uh, keep the band moving forward and creating new music and, and working along those lines and, uh, you know, trying trying to do a better album every time we do it. So, right. I mean, I, uh, Jerry's a big part of that for us. I think that uh, my goal is to hit 50 years, you know, put another 12 years in on the band, stay mm-hmm. in shape healthy and then you know hopefully it'll be something that he can continue from there on in so uh you know i'm i'm looking at the band as being a band you know of, of you know 75 and 100 and so uh you know what's said to that you know the, the misfits are uh something that is really part of uh the human race right now i think that everybody can relate to it in one way or another yeah, and I was going to ask, was, was him joining kind of going to be a, a, an eventual passing of the torch from, you know, and then he would take over and carry on the Misfits? Yeah, well, well that, that's what happened. I mean, you know, he writes really great stuff, uh, mm-hmm. as you'll see. Uh, he's, uh, you know, very, very, you know, uh, com- you know accomplished guitar player. And, uh, you know, he brings, really, that, that's what you're looking for, you know. He's not somebody who's here. No emotions, uh, you know, to make a record, to, you know, uh, pretend to be something, you know, you know, we got, uh, you know, we got people who really, you know, that, that heart and their soul is in it. And, right. uh, and that's where, and that's really what we want. We want that passion. We want that with the fans. And, uh, you know, we're close with our fans. And I think people who know us and who've seen us and, you know, have met us after the shows, mm-hmm. uh, they, they, they understand that, you know, and it, it's not a commercial product that uh you know no know about its users it's it's more of a, a team effort between the band and the fans right and uh you know that's why we have the theme club and uh you know it's um it's a, it's, it's a good thing kids down to and and not thinking you know it's something kids can share with their parents i mean that right was, that was that was the thought i don't know if you and uh, very accomplished players. And, you know, we've been writing music. Sometimes we write music that's a little poppy. So mm-hmm. we, now we have an outlet for We have an outlet for that because now the girls, uh, you know, kind of, you know, I don't want to say power pop, but, you know, power, kind of put it to you that way. And they're with us now. You know, the thing is, I'm not have a daughter who's 33 with a, you know, a little girl. I got a, a granddaughter who's uh, two. And I wanted something um could also be something that they could be involved with too. So uh you know, it's um it's something that we're looking to we're looking to in you know you know, or like uh, the stones or uh or something beyond and it's it's basically Right, right. Um, cool. I don't. I, I. I don't want to take up too much more of your time. I know we only have a, a small, small block of window here. Um, you. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about the She Demons because I, I. I think you may have mentioned yeah. them. You cut out a little bit, but uh, She Demons are opening, and that's a band that you kind of put together as well. Is that correct? Uh yeah. Actually, uh, we went around here. Really. Uh, on their equipment, right? you know, most of them 
band, and I always just had to get direction because they were like, hey, look, you know, we're going to be out on the road. I said, hey, listen, let me tell you something. Uh, you know, shows to do, they'll come and go. I said, but the, uh, the music you've had is going to be forever. So what you want to really make sure is that when you drop something out as a product, that you want it to be as perfect as you can make in, in terms of being what vision. And, um, you know, we're working right now, actually. We're not going to be in bad. We're going to be in bad. We're going to be in bad. We're going to be in bad. They lock you out in another room and mask your stuff, and then you're going to get what you want. Uh, we worked out a deal where the girls could actually sit in and, and get their stuff done. And I think their stuff is amazing. I think that they have the potential of filling a void. Uh, I would say, you know, let's just say, like, for example, a band like The Runaways. I would mm-hmm. say they're like The Runaways, but they're more powerful. They got right. more, they got more, you know, punk elements to them. And they got a lot, and they get a lot more players. It's just not experience a lot of little lead player that's out of this world. And I mean, Lita Ford is great. I, you know, I would put uh, the, we got a 21 year old girl uh, who writes uh, music for Blee and stuff like that. That uh, constant her name is. So she's just it's amazing. I mean, the girl. Uh, me. You know, I, I, I call them prodigies. I mean, right. it's just people who are you know musically inclined. Some people can hit a bass. Some can paint a painting and make it look like a picture, and then there's some people who can pick up a guitar and just, you know, put it into another dimension. And really, that that's where we're at. I mean, we got to write a couple more songs for the full length album, but uh, you know, this isn't a project that we're rushing to just get out there and um, you know uh, try and market. This is something that we're trying to establish as right. a new bar for you know all girl bands. Uh, you know, it's. Uh, you're going to be really impressed with them. Uh, you know, I, I really get a kick out of them. And, uh, you know, we're we're working on a little bit more material for them, too. I think after this tour, the mix with the demons will go into all and uh, start trying to write the, the songs that are going to reshape uh, our images and put us in a, in, a, in, a new, in a new light for a younger audience. I mean, uh, the target for us is always to make it's so funny because some people, you know, some people would, some people would say, "Oh man, that, you, you you get a little dated here." But in the meantime, I don't look at it that way. I look at that as like the ultimate ultimate success. Right. Is being able to you know transcend uh, time. I mean, you know, in a, in a lot of ways, what we're working, we are time travelers. We're we're yes. able to pop up anywhere, we pop up where we want, and still still be able to do it. You know. Cool. Yeah, that's a that's a great way of looking at it too, and it, it and the misfits have been such a iconic. Yeah, tell, me your, tell me about your podcast. You know, it, yeah. it came up for us pretty quick, and I know that uh, you know we moved uh, from the altar bar, which uh, is normal, uh, it's our normal on mm-hmm. uh, into a, into a theater, and I know a transition for a lot of our fans out there to uh, get to this theater. Uh, Ace Freely actually turned us on to this theater. Yeah, uh, he had just. He had just played there, and uh, he said, uh, "Look, hey, look, you know, we can't bring our, our our props into the into the altar bar because it's a little, it's a this the whole thing is in the wall." So I said, "You know, every time we play the altar bar, especially with now with the beating, and uh, so we, you know, we had talked to the owner of the altar bar, and you know, he kind of understood as 
the, the move to uh, try and do this show with the girls uh, at the Palace, I believe it is? Yeah, Palace Theater. Uh, how, how is it? You, do you enjoy it? Yeah, it's it's a great venue. I mean, it's a, it's it's like your old-fashioned uh, venue with the seats and whatnot, but it's it's a pretty big venue. And you mentioned Ace. Ace was just here a couple weeks ago playing there, so it's it's a it's a real good venue. Yeah, yeah, I, I heard it was here. Like, it was a little bit more production uh, for you know because we are carrying a crew with us, uh, right. which is normally we don't. Normally we're like a bigger garage band, but uh, you know, having my son in band and having to be his like official first tour right. and having the girls with us for the first time, I said, look, we're going to need a little room to operate. So, so you know, as much as I love you know the people aren't. And, uh, you know, that I just said, hey, listen, guys, you got to cut me some slack here. We got to try and put this in a room that we can we can do a little bit more and, uh, and uh, you know, b- bring a little bit more of our gear into the venue and uh, set it all up and uh, give you guys a, a little bit more of a production. And, uh, you know, show show my son in the right light and, and show the girls for the first time, and, right. you know, bring them to Pittsburgh in the right way. So, uh, you know, so, uh, you know, one of the reasons for this podcast was to let people know that. And, uh, you know, ask them to, hey, let's come on, come down and support, come to come see what we're working on, because uh, you don't want to be the, the, the fan who said, ah, well, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm usually go to the altar bar, but I'm not going to go to the palace for any other reason. And then wind up the same people can say, oh, my, <laughs> you know, so don't be don't be the one who is, uh, you know, come on, uh, my friends at the altar bar, you know, make sure if you guys aren't working at you guys will come down. I'd love to see you. Cool. Uh, you know, we make we we make good friends as we go. You know, we try and be uh, you know really good people to to really good people. And, and uh, you know, uh, this is a little, little bit of going. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll get through with all of us, and uh, we look forward. You know, our fans are the best, and uh, they've always been there for us for years, and uh, they should be no exception. Cool, cool. Yeah, we're uh, looking forward to the show. Um, you know, people can check it out at misfits.com, misfitrecords.com. Um, it's going to be a great show. And uh, again, that's the 28th at the Palace Theater. I want to thank you for taking the time to talk to us. And, uh, oh, my pleasure. Cool. cool, cool. Thank you. Thank you again, Jerry. And uh, we'll be seeing you here next week. Yeah, I'll see you next week. Okay, I want to thank Jerry for coming on the show. It was a real privilege to talk to him. Be sure to check out the show at the Palace Theater on October 28th with the She Demons opening. For more information, check out www.misfits.com and www.misfitsrecords.com. Up next on the show, we have Danny Blue from the band Echo Black. Echo Black is a new band coming out of New York, and they have a lot of exciting things happening. Before we get to that interview, though, here is their debut track. This is called Burn Another Day.
ladies and gentlemen, on the phone with me, I have Danny from the band Echo Black. How you doing today, Danny? I'm all right. I'm all right. Doing well. And you? Uh, doing great. Thanks for asking. Thanks for also taking time and talk to us. Uh, it's always exciting to get some uh, new up-and-coming bands on the show. Um, your band, Echo Black, is a relatively new band, although you've been a solo artist for a while before that. Um, can right. you talk a little bit about how the band formed? Sure. writing together as a band more. We were putting in and now I mean everything being a band more than being a solo artist with a band. So we decided to change the name, we decided to go in a new direction, uh rebrand the band as it were and um kind of start it with and kinda of, uh, you know, start over again, which is kinda of, that's a cool thing when you've been in the game for five years to start over. So, right. And exciting. So we came into uh Echo Black, same people in the band so it's all it's so it's all the same people that you had in like the band before. You're just kind of rebranding exactly. everything. Did you guys um, maybe change a little bit about the musical direction at all, or did you go a different stylistically with a different type of music? A little bit, yeah. We uh, so I have been writing uh, more poppy rock electronica stuff, mm-hmm. and uh, we're moving towards like a, a darker pop sound. Uh, so we decided to so the first single that we released the turn of the day single we just put out. Uh, is is our transitional period. Okay. So for people who knew us before, you you're gonna like the same. If you liked us before, you're gonna like this song. If you are gonna be a new fan for the pop side, you're gonna like the song as well. It's right in the middle of where we're gonna go, from where we are to where we're gonna go. So that's where yeah we're in a transitional period. But trying to bring people on a journey with us. Right. Right. Well, I mean, in any stage in the musician's career, there's going to be changes and and growth and expansion. So, you know, and, and to me, like I listened to some of your earlier stuff and like the new single, like you said, Burn Another Day. To me, it seemed a little bit darker, a little bit heavier, um, which, yeah. which I think is what you guys were trying to go for. Um, exactly. Now, the, 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 the video um, has a pretty cool concept to it. Um, can you talk about, you know, the concept for the video and then also you guys worked with Davey Suicide on this song. Could you talk a yeah. little bit about uh, how that collaboration came to be? Totally. So we, uh, we wrote the song and we wanted to get a guest vocalist on it. Uh, the song has a, the, the lyrics of the song are, you know, we live in hell together, we burn, we fade away. So it's all about everybody who's been outcasted, abused, whatever, kind of banding together to become this army of, you know, people who are in the same place. So we wanted to get somebody who had the same ideals in their music and their message and their image. And we came to Davey and he agreed to be on the song. He loved the song. He liked the track. So he jumped on. We're super excited. He agreed to be in the video, which is awesome. So we came to uh, Nathan Crooker. We met through a mutual friend. And he and I and the band kind of came up with this concept of with this, this whole movement of it gets better. Um, anybody who's being bullied, you know, it's, 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 don't worry, it gets better eventually. But how much of it one step further to why can't it just be better now? You know, why can't, what, what is it like to fight back against what's going on in your life? You know, what's bringing you down? Right. So we took that metaphorically and turned it into uh, like a big Russian roulette game. So all these people who have been abused now bring their abusers in this like fantasy game and they have to compete 
to, and they, you know, one by one, they kill each other off until somebody wins this, like, really underground CD game. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's where we were going with that, and we got Davey in there as, you know, he has a similar image that we do, and it really works really, really well in the end. Yeah, and actually, I mean, that, the whole concept of the video is kind of, you know, it's it, like you said, it, it you know, with the bullying and whatnot. It actually seems like it'd be a kind of a cool movie, too, and a lot of times you don't see yeah. a lot of those yeah, yeah. conceptual music videos anymore. A lot of times the music videos that you see out there are just, uh, you know, live performance videos. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but I kind of like Nothing the, wrong with it, yeah. I, I love the conceptual stuff, you know. When I was growing up, you know, yeah. you had the old Iron Maiden videos and all that with the, all the conceptual stuff, and you don't see a lot of that anymore. I think people, people in the pop genre bring it to Lady Gaga, Beyonce, who kind of brought it back mm-hmm. doing these like actual conceptual videos, and they kind of has been trickling down throughout all the all the different genres. Because for a while we just had performance videos, that's like all we had. For right. But we had the Michael Jackson videos, and we had a big break, and then we. <laughs> so yeah, now um, with the band kind of starting over and rebranding, is this a situation where you kind of have to start over again with like labels and things like that? We do, yeah. Well, we never had a label before, which is convenient, uh, right. so we don't have to like drop anything or change the contracts or anything like that. So we are uh, definitely in the place where we would like to start looking for labels soon. We're going to go on the tour. We're going to come back and see where we're at and then maybe shop around. We have a couple more singles um, ready to go. So okay. I think we're going to we're gonna look to a, like a January release for a second single. Yeah, no promises. <laughs> That's what we're looking at right now. Yeah. Um, now you guys working on an album, too? Uh, potentially, potentially that's always there. We have, I mean, we're always writing, so we always have material to put into an album if we wanted to, right? Uh, or at least the start of one. So we we're kind of we're going to decide what we want to do when we get back. If we are gaining attention from labels or whatever, um, then we'll go with that. If we're not, we'll keep releasing singles, and or maybe put the album out on our own. We're kind of unsure. It's kind of up in the air, which is super exciting. Yeah. Uh, we've never been in that place before. It's always like just writing it out and putting it out, writing it out, putting it out. And now we're in this place where we don't really know what's next. Uh, it's great to so keep writing, keep having material to to use, and uh, see what happens. You know, it's cool. It's kind of interesting too because um, in this day and age, and the way music is, you know, you don't necessarily. Do you feel like you necessarily even need to release an album that you could just keep going with songs right. and singles and things like that? Because it, it you know, I, I hate to say this, but sometimes it just seems to me that people don't buy albums anymore. Right. Nobody buys music anymore. Right. <laughs> it's like a lost thing, which is so sad. But, uh, I mean, you make your money in, in touring and in merch and, in, and everything else you can do, do once you have that kind of exposure from the music that you make. So it's not the worst thing in the world. It's a different world that we were in before, you know? Right, right. Now, do you think, uh, you Every know... Everything's Yeah, I mean, everything's changing. And, and But, you know, the yeah. whole fact that you can just do singles and singles and then, you know... Yeah. And, and again, I guess, I guess... Two, it almost seems like people will go onto iTunes or you know Google Music or Amazon or whatever and just download the songs from the right. albums that they want anyway. Right. So right. in a, in that in a in a world like that, does that make it harder for a band or do you think it's easier? Uh, I think it's just different. I mean, when you put an album out, you're it puts you into an era. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, as I think albums kind of to know what stage you're in in your career and what you're doing at that point. Singles uh, make it a little more fluid. You kind of just travel from one thing to the next. But, you know, it's not like a big... I feel like when you sit down and write an album, you're right. a piece of time, you know, months could be almost a year, maybe time, to put together like a piece of art that you, you know, 
this is where you're at right now. Singles take less time, and the promotion for them takes less time, so it's not as much of a big change from single to single. So you can kind of fluidly move from one to the next to the next, whereas albums take a little, not more commitment, but just more, there's a different way of going about writing an album. Right, right. Um, now, with social media and stuff, too, do you think that's a big mm -hmm. help for, for bands starting out? Jesus, yes. It's, <laughs> it's, a, it's like a... a burden and a curse <laughs> right. but it's also a blessing because the world is so much smaller so you can get your your name and your music out to more people if you decide to i mean if you want to do it that way that we do we believe in social media we like talking to fans we like putting our music out there we like um instagramming and doing everything that we can especially while on tour it's like you have all the content put out it's great you're so interactive um it's also a total time consuming all the time i'm on my phone 24 hours a day I'm mm -hmm. sleeping, I hear a bing, I wake up, I to... <laughs> it's unreal how much I look at this phone all day long. Right, right, right. Um, yeah, and it's it's almost, well, I think, too, with the social media, you have kind of a double-edged sword because there's so much more to filter yeah. through. Exactly. Sure. Yeah, because anybody can have a social page. Anybody can have an Instagram. So right. it's not like you need to be a big, large, great fan to have all these things, which is kind of cool. Everybody's on the same level. Right, you know? right, right. Now, you guys got a big tour coming up with uh, Cone Christ and mm -hmm. uh, Birthday Massacre. Can you talk a little about what we can expect on this tour? Yeah, well, you can expect a great show. One, but those two bands are incredible. And yeah. I think our music lies uh, like right in between the two of theirs. Birthday Massacre is a little more melodic. Cone Christ is a little harder. Industrial, I think we're somewhere in between. So I think it's going to be great for us. Um, you know, playing to these those two sets of fans. Uh, we cannot wait. We're so excited. We've been talking about it for months. But ever since we got the call that we were at the number of the store, we've been like right into rehearsal mode, right into practice, right into getting everything ready to go. Right. And I think it's going to be an incredible month of our lives. Um, it's only our second tour. We did one tour last year, and we just kind of went to all these dive bars around the country, mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> which was uh, like, yeah, it was a mess. It was fun. We right. had a great time. We got the experience of touring in a you know a small car with a trailer, and um, this time around we're more prepared. We're a little more experienced. Uh, we know what we're going to do. We know how to do it a little bit better. Uh, we have that like first terrible experience our way. Right, right. And um, it's, I think the shows are going to be unreal, really unreal. Well, I know you'll be hitting Pittsburgh uh, November 2nd at the Alder Bar, and we're really looking right. forward to that. That's yeah. towards the beginning of the tour, so hopefully you uh, see some you know, some of the freshness the energy, and stuff. the freshness, yeah. Yeah. Exactly right. Cool, cool. Well, Danny, I want to thank you for taking the time to talk to us. Uh, it's a real pleasure talking to you, and I'm really looking forward to seeing you guys here in Pittsburgh on the 2nd. No problem. Thank you so much. Yeah, you can connect with us on uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We're all, everything's at Echo Black Music. Cool, everything. cool. YouTube, website, everything. Awesome. We'll definitely do that. Right. And I'll post links on our webpage too so that, uh, you know, our listeners can uh, connect with all that. Um, so, Dan, thanks again for uh, joining us and uh, we'll be seeing you here real soon. No problem. Thank you so much. Looking forward to it. Okay, I'd like to thank Danny for taking the time to talk to us. Echo Black will be performing at Alder Bar on November 2nd with Comb Christ and the Birthday Massacre, so be sure to check it out. That about wraps up this episode. I'd like to thank you for tuning in. If you have any questions or comments, please drop us a line at ironcityrocks at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash ironcityrocks. Check out our Twitter at twitter.com forward slash ironcityrocks. And also our Instagram at instagram.com forward slash ironcityrocks. Until next time, thanks for listening. Thank you.